Today, this podcast is being recorded on Gumbanga land. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend our respect to any First Nation, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to remove the taboo around sex, periods and ethical non-monogamy in order to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships and lives. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a dietitian, nutritionist, sexologist, menstrual cycle guide and menstrual blood witch. If you love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review so we can reach and empower as many sluts as possible. Before we get into the episode today, I have some questions for you. Are you feeling disconnected from your body, mind and soul? Are you having period pain? Are you anxious, burnt out and overwhelmed? Are you living with PMS, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, also known as PMDD, or premenstrual exacerbation? Are you feeling like the universe and the world is against you? Are you feeling stagnant and uninspired? Are you having constant low desire for sex, including self-pleasure? Are you unsure how to process big emotions and regulate your nervous system? Or maybe you're battling with sexual shame from slut shaming or being socialized as a girl. Or maybe you're desiring to connect with the spiritual realm and your ancestors, but you're not sure how. Maybe you're considering coming off hormonal birth control to connect more deeply with your cycle, body and self. Or maybe you're currently coming off birth control and searching for support and guidance through this transition. And finally, maybe you're unsure how to self-seduce and activate your inner seductress or seductor and your inner slut. My darling, if you answered yes to any or all of the above questions, I created my signature online program, Blood Magic, just for you. Blood Magic takes you on a transformational journey of self-discovery through spiritual connection, blood ritual, and countless healing modalities to support you along your journey. The curriculum is self-paced and there are four core modules and two shorter ones. 8.5 hours of video content, six workbooks, 41 lessons and hours of audio content for you to sink your fangs into. There's also a bonus this year. In the program, Not only will you have the curriculum to work through at your own pace, there will also be monthly group coaching calls with all other students of Blood Magic. The purpose of these group coaching calls is to connect all BM students to form a close-knit community so you feel supported throughout your entire journey, not only by me, but by other like-minded humans, and also to share our experiences during the course content, to share our wow moments, our darkest moments, our most challenging moments, and what we're feeling proud of. And also so I can share even more knowledge and passion with you in a more intimate live space. And so you can integrate what you have learnt on a deeper level in community. There will also be Q&As where I can provide you with more support, advice and guidance during your journey. After graduating Blood Magic, you'll be connected to an incredible community of humans. Feel energetic and enthusiastic about life. Be deeply connected to your womb, cycle and menstrual blood. Feel sexually liberated and horny. You'll be working with the universe, not against it, and living as the truest version of you. With all of that being said, I announce with great honor that I have created a waitlist for you to jump on. Being on this waitlist means you'll be the first to know when the program opens for enrollment and you'll also be offered exclusive discounts on the program. Scroll down to the show notes and you'll find the link to this waitlist. If you want a little taste of blood magic and what it's like to work with me before diving in, check out the links in the show notes to try my free menstrual blood ritual activity and to listen to my free premenstrual guided meditation. Let's get into this week's episode. 
Okay, so welcome back to Blood Slut, folks. Today on the podcast, I have a safe slut. Um, she is going to introduce herself now, and today we're going to talk about herpes. So welcome, Bay. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Trisha, aka Safe Slut. Um, so I started doing Safe Slut as just an Instagram account when I first got diagnosed with genital herpes back in November 2019, and since then it's kind of turned into this whole like full sex positive business um so in addition to destigmatizing herpes and other stis i also um sell sex toys um herbal products merch um just like do a lot of writing about like sex and dating um i'm a reiki master so i also do reiki on people with sexual trauma um what else do i do i always feel like it's whatever i'm listing it i'm like oh, <laughs> I'm forgetting something um, so yeah, just lots of writing and content creation and just talking about sex and sex positivity and, and a lot of talking about like slut shaming and, and stuff like that as well. All right. Thanks so much for that intro, babe. Um, now, my first question for you is, it's a question I ask all my guests. How do you express your slutty sexual or sensual self in the world? So I feel like that one's a pretty obvious answer <laughs> is I... <laughs> do it every day on the internet um honestly I think it I don't think it has to be like me always being like nude and taking my clothes off like it's just me being like my most authentic self and like what feels good to me and like that's why I'm presenting myself to the world is just in my most authentic self which so happens to be extremely slutty (laughs) (laughs) fuck yes I love that and just like I guess always piggybacking on top of that like what does being a slut mean to you because your literal brand is safe slut and I fucking love that like I'm blood slut you're safe slut you know we both love talking about slutty shit so I would love to hear Mm -hmm. like what you feel like a slut means to you yeah well I feel like growing up obviously getting slut shamed like starting from a very young age it's a word that's used like usually against people with vulvas or just like anyone affected by the patriarchy um so for me it's just a way to reclaim the word and I feel like that's why most people use the word slut it's just reclaiming it mm-hmm. um and especially after getting herpes um safe slut was actually the like I thought of it like the day that I got diagnosed so I kind of like always knew I was gonna like do something with it mm-hmm. um and just pop into my head just kind of be like oh I've always been a slut so now it's like I have to be like a safe slut now because I have herpes mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah that. I've always I've always like loved the word I actually when I was in high school um so my name's Trisha and I was slut shamed in high school one time and um people started calling calling me Trasha instead oh, of Trisha fuck. yeah so I was like fuck yeah I'll take that name that's a dope ass name so I started going by like Trasha or Trash and yeah I made a Facebook fan page and I dressed up as Snooki and I did a photo shoot and I was like it's Trasha um oh my god yeah so that's funny I actually have a trash can tattoo at this point um oh really yeah I just like I just like reclaimed it it. yeah 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 it's mine so that's how I feel with the word slut as well I love that because then people can't fucking use it against you it's like that's mine now bitch like you yeah it's like okay I'm trash I am yeah Yeah, I I fucking am I'm slutty trash (laughs) deal with it exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) I'm really interested to know your backstory um when did you first find out that you had herpes and how was that initial journey for you so I went to a Halloween party in 2019 and I went with um, some friends I was with my roommate and we both um, thought this we were like pretty drunk at this point we thought this guy was really hot and we were like you know what we'll share him because <laughs> we were both mm-hmm. were like you know what yeah hot. so we we both we both hooked up with him um so then a few days later I got an outbreak um so yeah I was dressed up as a sexy alien and got herpes that way which I think that's is so slutty iconic. yeah it's very slutty it was really fun um and so yeah so I had an outbreak like three days later so I was like okay like yeah I have an STI when I first saw it I didn't know what it was herpes wasn't really like in my like fr- like mm. I just I, I've always been a slut. I've always been very sex positive, but like, I guess not really because I didn't know too much about STIs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just was like, okay, something feels off. So I went right to urgent care and they like on the spot were like, yeah, this is herpes, but we're, we're still going to do like a swab and like a blood test, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, the, when they told me like at urgent care, I was just sort of like, oh shit, like I didn't really like react like I feel like a lot of people obviously like cry because it's extremely traumatic I just was like full shock 
Um, but the second I like left urgent care, just like bawling my eyes out, like picking up my Valtrex prescription <laughs> on the CVS. Um, and yeah, and then I just didn't leave my bed for like days. Like, yeah, mm. I thought my sex life was totally over. Fuck. That would have been so yeah. brutal. I can't even imagine that feeling, like the fear that that would have instilled in you. Not mm-hmm. having you just like... feel so alone, like, cause no yeah. one talks about it. So no. you don't know anyone that has it. And I messaged the guy to be like, yo, like, I'm pretty sure you gave me herpes. And he just responded with, no, I was definitely clean. You should talk to anyone else you've been sleeping with. And also saying clean, like, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so gross. Um, and it's funny, though, because it actually, like, I was able to, like, kind of confirm it was him because I have a mutual friend who also hooked up with him. And when I told her, she was like, oh, I didn't get it. But, like, his ex, like, had herpes. So, like, it's mo- like most likely love, right. accountability. Yeah. Mm, so he actually didn't have herpes or he wasn't sure I think he I think he I mean, did he and knew it and yeah to give it to you he would have had to, to yeah yeah um or or maybe he just d- never was like was asymptomatic and never knew yeah um but knew he dated someone with it so I think if I don't know like if I was dated someone who had herpes but I'd never had an outbreak, but then someone came to me and was like, hey, we hooked up a week ago and I just got an outbreak. Like, I think you gave it to me. I'd be like, okay, I'm probably asymptomatic and have it. Yeah, exactly. You would just like own it. Hey, but I guess so many people are so scared to admit that maybe because of this. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, dude, that sounds like a fucked situation, but I'm glad you like turned it into something like super empowering and educational and like, look what you've like done like from that yeah it's funny I I um a a week or so before I got herpes or maybe it was a few days I always forget I like wrote in my journal I was like I used to live in Boston like near this like really nice woodsy area and I was like writing in a journal like being like witchy like just like I want to like change like like manifesting some stuff Mm -hmm. and I like wrote my journal I wanted to start working like sexuality like I didn't know like what that was going to look like but like something in like the sexuality field and it's like okay be specific when you manifest because <laughs> for me it was like getting herpes and then that kind of started it mm. um which was also just like really interesting that it was like literally a week later boom I got herpes after like wow after you manifested holy shit yeah so I, I think I like manifested herpes oh my god slay (laughs) yeah love it (laughs) you're doing such amazing things though like obviously like that would have been a really difficult journey like and start to that journey initially like literally not leaving your bed for a week or whatever after you found out you must have just been feeling so scared so alone what kind of did you do when you crawled out of bed for the first time and started facing Mm -hmm. the world again did you go and see like a doctor or like what support did you have access to Mm -hmm. um so going on social media was huge and like Mm -hmm. finding other people that had it because when you google herpes there's so much false information out there so I was reading all of this these things and like going down reddit um reddit um whatever um reddit Mm -hmm. things that like you all these people that were like super negative that were like I've never dated since there's there's a lot of like also like Facebook groups like that there are people who just like think that they either like can't date or they have to date people who also have herpes which is just like not true so seeing that was awful but then finding like really good like Instagram accounts was really nice certain podcasts that talked about herpes was great um but honestly I am such a Leo that I was like okay I have to overshare everything so I started telling just like everyone I knew like all of my coworkers, my friends family like everyone and I got so many me too's when I was telling people wow so wow. many from people that like were really close to my life that I had no idea so honestly the, I think the main thing was also like seeing people in real life who had it that were like dating around and like were totally fine again it just goes back to like no one's talking about it so everyone feels alone when in reality it's so common and most people have it yeah, because I, I was thinking when I was, like, driving here for this interview, I was like, mm, like, I can't think of anyone in my immediate circle or family members who, or partners even, who have had herpes, but I'm like, there has to be some of you that have herpes, but maybe they don't know, like, maybe they're asymptomatic, but mm-hmm. also I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a sex educator, I'm a sexologist, so I would think that they would feel comfortable, you know, disclosing that with me. But then again, there's still so much stigma. So I just find that interesting that like, I don't really know anyone except for 
you know, people like you who I follow on Instagram because no one's fucking talking about it, really. Still. Exactly. A few months later or so, I did a nude photo shoot and I like shared one of the photos on Instagram, censored, of course, yeah. and just was like in all caps, like basically like I have genital herpes and just like gave some information about it. And like I got so many like messages from like people that I like didn't even like really know that well that were like, oh, my God, I've had it for so long. I've never told anyone mm. because, yeah, they felt like they couldn't share it when just like it takes one person to just say it and then they just it helps other people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why like we have to talk about these taboo stigmatized topics because uh, because otherwise mm-hmm. like people are potentially even going to be going around and not disclosing to people because they feel really embarrassed and they feel a lot of shame mm-hmm. and then more people are just going to it's just going to be like this domino effect of like more people contracting it and then not knowing what to do and feeling really alone. And so yeah, it's really great work that you're doing honestly. Like it makes me want to cry. <laughs> in a really good way (laughs) doing God's work right um so uh, is there anything else you wanted to add about your story um I feel like yeah that was the a a little like funny part of the story yeah so since my roommate and I had the same gynecologist and so since she was also like oh shit like did I get she just to like go into like the TMI like she only gave him like oral sex like she didn't have penetration with him Mm -hmm. So, and since he had HSV2, it rarely transfers orally, but we didn't know that at the time. So she was like, oh my God, like, did I get it? Like in my throat or on my mouth? So she, so we had the same gynecologist. So, um, I was at urgent care, got diagnosed, but I went to my gynecologist to get blood tested. Mm -hmm. She got a blood test for herpes the day before. So I walked in and was just sort of like asking the nurse questions like, oh, like, is it super common? Like a lot of people come in and get like diagnosed. And she was like, oh, yeah, we, we diagnose people all the time. She was like, oh, my God. She was like, just yesterday we had a girl come in. She had a threesome with her roommate and they both got herpes. And I was like, I'm the other girl. <laughs> Did you tell her that? Yeah, I literally was like, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm that girl. I'm the home, it's, the it's me. <laughs> it's me. And she just kind of like was like half like kind of appalled and half was just like well I appreciate your honesty oh my god wild so your friend did actually end up also she didn't she ended up not not contracting right right right. she just had the blood test got you yeah yeah she did a very good job of taking care of me that week and like cooked me a lot of nice food oh what a doll I know she's the best okay before we go on I'm just gonna put my headache hat on because I have a fucked migraine today um, give me one moment yeah. <laughs> I get that. really bad migraines oh, so do you? I feel mm-hmm. you like yeah, literally every awful. day for me like I'm waiting for my next lot of Botox soon it's fucked oh. okay this headache hat thing though do you have one of these I've never heard of that okay it is you have to get one if you get migraines honestly lifesaver like it's like put fucked. pressure it's ice in it so it's literally like little cubes of ice and you put it in the freezer and it lasts for like three hours on your head and it's oh you can just okay, like I'm gonna order that yeah I'm ordering that the second week get it go, from the call. yeah literally I think it was on Amazon or eBay for like, it's like a hundred bucks but it's so worth the investment honestly that sounds worth it yeah, yeah. I said I also do Botox as well do for you? both yeah migraines you... and for real yeah do you find that it helps a migraine for you yeah, definitely. I still will get them, but not to the level that I like used to. Okay, that's really good. How many um lots of Botox have you had? I don't know the exact number that I get, yeah. but I go every three months. Yeah, so you've it. had like a few. Yeah, Did yeah you I've been doing it for like it... almost a year. Okay, did you find that it took a few goes for it to work? Or did it work after uh, this? I feel week? like I noticed it like pretty like right away. Okay, that didn't happen to me. So I'm hoping the next one, it works because I've only had one. So I'm getting my next one in like two weeks, three weeks. So Maybe you need like a higher dose or something too, especially like maybe like in this area. Yeah, it's honestly for me, it's mostly back of my head and neck. That's the worst. I don't get a lot. Maybe that's why I get them in the front. So that's like right where the Botox goes. Mm. Maybe you needed it in the back or something. I don't know. I had it actually, I had like 31 needles. I had it like in my traps and like all over my head. So yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. I need to get an MRI because like, mm. yeah, I've been putting that off. (laughs) 
Hey babe, just a quick little episode interruption here to tell you all about my upcoming free online workshop, Cock and Pussy Worship. Get ready for a wild ride with this free online event that is going to be going live on Saturday, July 8th at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now, there will be a recording going out, so if you can't make the live event, don't worry, you will get access to a recording. However, I want as many of you as possible to make the live event because it's going to be so fucking badass. This event is for you if you've been feeling disconnected from your vulva or penis or perhaps a little insecure about the appearance of your genitals. So all my herpes babes out there, if you've just newly been diagnosed, this is for you and for anyone who has ever struggled to love the way their genitals look and let's be real we've all had a bit of a love-hate relationship with our genitals especially vulva owners i see you i see you i've been there i've been through it i've struggled so much with the relationship with my vulva to a point i used to get really intrusive urges and images and thoughts about getting scissors and cutting my labia bonora or my inner flaps off because I fucking hated them. I was bullied by partners, by friends. It was fucked. And also bullied by myself as well. I definitely fueled the fire a lot with my own negative belief systems. So in this workshop, we're really going to unpack those negative beliefs that we have about our genitals and stories have been fed by society about how our genitals should look, quote unquote. Due to shitty sex ed back in the day when we were all in school, we were not taught about the diversity of genitals. We weren't taught about how some penises bend different ways or how it's perfectly healthy to have a quote unquote outy vulva or vagina as we were taught to call it in school you're going to learn all about your sexual anatomy what the name of things are what's going on down there because we did not fucking receive that education in school and i'm here to give you the sex ed that you never had in school this event is all about celebrating the beauty power and diversity of all bodies and how all of our genitals are beautiful just the way they are this will be part one in a several part series part two will be going into how to worship your partners and lovers genitals so part one which is the event on the 8th of july is going to be all about focusing on self-worship and then we'll go more into worshipping other people's genitals in part two so part two will happen a few weeks after part one if you have any questions you can send me a dm make sure you grab a ticket tickets are now available there's a link in the show notes let's get back into the episode um can you walk my listeners through what uh hsv1 and hsv2 are for those Mm -hmm. those of them who don't know and how are they both contracted and managed so HSV1 and HSV2 are basically the same thing. They are both um, just a different strain of the herpes virus. There's also a ton of different types of herpes. Um, chicken pox, mono shingles are all other very common forms of herpes. Um, but HSV1 and HSV2. So with that, HSV1, people usually think cold sores. Um, a lot of people don't know that you can get HSV1 genitally. So if you are someone who gets cold sores, even if you got them as a kid, um, you can still um, transmit that to someone. Um, Even if you aren't having a current cold sore, it can still transmit because people will shed the virus every so often, which is why disclosure is super important. Um, And then HSV2 is usually genitally, um, unlike HSV1 that transmit um, orally or genitally pretty easily. HSV2 really likes to live genitally. So people who have HSV2, like, you can transmit it orally. It's happened, but, like, I know a couple people who have it, but it's very rare. Like, um, but, yeah, transmission is skin to skin for HSV1 and HSV2. So you can't get it, like, from a towel, a hot tub, like, anything like that. Like, it's skin to skin contact. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just for those of the listeners who don't know, like if you had like a cold sore on your mouth or something like that, and then you were to perform oral sex on someone, what could potentially Mm -hmm. happen there? So you could definitely give them genital herpes. And so they would get HSV-1 generally. It doesn't like automatically make it HSV-2 because it lives generally. It would still be HSV-1. It would just be genital herpes as opposed to oral herpes. 
Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for that. Mm -hmm. And what about the management of both of those? So there's a lot of things you can do. Um, Most people who have herpes are asymptomatic. So a lot of time you don't have to do anything. Um, You can take Valtrex daily, which is like suppression therapy. So that's going to help reduce the amount of outbreaks you get and how often you're shedding the virus. Um, If you're really concerned about transmitting to a partner, like obviously like definitely do it daily if like you feel so inclined um you can take it long term there hasn't been any like harmful like negative effects or anything I personally don't take it um I'll take Valtrex maybe when I have an outbreak maybe I won't mm-hmm. um it may I didn't really like I just like don't like taking things I don't know but um obviously using protection is gonna be great the thing of it is you can still get herpes when using condoms and dental dams because it's transferred. Um, it, it isn't transferred through fluid. It's from skin to skin, like I said before. And like condoms don't cover like the whole like genital region or like dental dams, same with dental dams, you know. Um, so it, it, it will help reduce transmission, but it's not completely 100% effective. So I actually know a lot of people who did still get herpes when using condoms. Um so again, it just goes, the, I think the biggest thing for like reducing transmission is actually just communication um, mm-hmm. and getting tested. So people like, so since I know my status, I'm very aware of what's going on in my body. So if I feel like I'm getting prodrome, which means I have symptoms of an outbreak, but not an outbreak yet. So if I'm feeling prodrome, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to abstain. Um, so for me, that's just, I get like nerve pain in my leg. Um whereas if there was someone who didn't who didn't get tested and didn't know their status but was like asymptomatic, they could have nerve pain and not know that it's like herpes related and then have sex and transmit it to someone. So yeah, key is communication, talking to your partner about it and getting tested and just like knowing. Getting tested for herpes though is kind of tricky. Um there's some false negatives, false positives. Mm-hmm. And places don't want to test you for it. And it's not on the standard STI panel. So when you're getting tested for everything herpes is not included you yeah, have to specifically so, ask. yeah okay so do you think it's important for people to ask every time they get an STI check for a herpes um test um it's gonna depend like I I used to be like yeah always ask like always know your herpes status but it's they're gonna just be like are you if you have like a ton of sexual partners or you're with someone that's herpes positive then like they probably would if you're not, they're going to be like, it's not worth it. The um, CDC states that like they don't require S- uh, herpes testing because most people are asymptomatic and there's no real health risk. So they don't want to like freak people out for no reason. But like in reality, I actually think that that's adding to the stigma because like if everyone just knew their status and knew how common it was, it wouldn't be an issue. Um, but the, the thing that I do understand is like, because there are so many false negatives and false positives, you might not actually get a real reading. So right. they just need to fix their test. Right. So is that, um, yeah. you said there's a blood test, which I think I've definitely had that before in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then do they do like a, um, what's it called when they like scrape a bit of like a skin swab? Like a like they so they would swab it yeah Yeah. they would swab it only if you have what looks like an outbreak if there's nothing there there's nothing to swab um so that's why usually it would be that there's also like the western blot test but that's only done in like certain areas and it's like no one really does it but that one's like extremely um efficient and legit but yeah usually it would be an igg blood test so that's going to test for antibodies yeah um and with that it can take up to like three months or so for um your body to build antibodies so if you get herpes but you got tested like too quickly you might get a negative when you actually have it your body just hasn't built the antibodies yet to show up on the test Mm. so if you know you potentially have come into sexual contact with someone with herpes and you're unsure maybe go back after that three months to get another yeah for sure yeah for sure yeah okay awesome um thank you so much for all of that what do you think the biggest myths about herpes are? Oh my God, there's so many herpes myths. Yeah. <laughs> um, one is that like all, the only people who get herpes are like super promiscuous and slutty. And like, yes, I got herpes because I was being a slut, but that's not true for everyone. <laughs> and again, it just, anyone can get herpes. Again, like people who get cold 
ulcers can transmit it. Like you can be asymptomatic and have it. Like it just like mo most people have some form of herpes. So it really doesn't matter. Herpes is not a picky virus. Like not just sluts have herpes. Everyone has herpes. So I think that's like top herpes myth. Um, yeah. everyone's always like, oh, like I'm not the type of person that would get an STI. Yeah, bitch, you are. <laughs> you can have sex everyone's with one person, person in your whole life and get herpes. It's one person. Yeah, yeah, I actually have a friend who she's like, I got herpes before I even had like pen like penetrative sex. Yeah. It yeah, it takes literally, yeah, one mm -hmm. time of any sexual contact. Um, I have a friend who got it on her wedding night, like, because he was supposed to, it's a long story, but they're both <laughs> Go into supposed it if you to want. not do <laughs> yeah she they were both were supposed to be virgins he was a piece of shit and um oh no made her herpes on her wedding night yeah trauma but she's doing way better and yeah hey, did she end up leaving him yeah 100 okay thank god yeah. and her very religious upbringing yeah oh that's brutal on your wedding night too fuck me at least she found yeah. out i guess and it didn't go like decades until like like she had an outbreak yeah. or something i don't know yeah exactly and like <laughs> she's doing better because of it I think and also I know her now because of that so mm. that's always good <laughs> yeah bringing the sluts um, together yeah. <laughs> bring the sluts together exactly um and then another myth I feel like is huge is like I read a lot of them people are like oh like you can't have babies if you have herpes that's not true mm. um if you they you'll get tested if you do have herpes you will take valtrex for your last trimester to make sure that you don't have an outbreak during delivery because if you do transmit it to a baby like obviously that will fuck shit up yes. um but if you do have an outbreak at the time of your delivery they'll do a c-section um right, okay. but if you're taking valtrex mostly you're gonna be you're gonna be fine like it, it, it okay. so many people have it like it's it's extremely normal yeah. um yeah and then another one like i said before like you can't get it from a towel or like a hot tub or anything like that um yeah. it's skin to skin only so it's safe to take valtrax is it yeah um during pregnancy then yeah okay that's so good it's just an antiviral it's not like yeah it's um, not gonna harm the baby anything. okay yeah. cool is there any other myths that like fucked up myths you want to share like those are the ones that first come to mind i'm trying to think there's so many yeah there's so many or just that like general herpes is like different than cold sores that it's like the worst like a lot of people are like oh at least it's not like the genital kind and then yeah. that's I guess that's not really a myth it's just like more stigma but mm -hmm. it's just silly yeah yeah I guess like potentially the only difference would be maybe it's a little bit more uncomfortable would it be or would you say or not it not depends honestly I feel like I personally don't get like bad outbreaks so like I okay. personally am like I kind of would rather have it generally than on my face, which again, no, yeah. totally fine. When I see it with cold sores in public, whenever I see it, I'm like, I see you with that cold sore. <laughs> um, love it. Um, I'm also an esthetician. Like one woman was like, oh, I, like I was waxing her lip and she was like, oh, don't wax too close to my lip because I always get a cold sore after. And like, I don't like that. And I wanted to be like, girl, I like it. But yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I find would rather have it generally where I don't have to yeah. hide it yeah but I guess it pros and cons to both like it doesn't it doesn't matter but yeah very yeah. true I just I I mean I've never had either so I have no idea what it feels like like I guess it but they're painful generally like I've had some yeah. I've had some bad ones yeah because I like I have um like vulval dermatitis and like a lot of like itchy mm. situation down there so I'm like picturing just like that feeling like I'm just like oh that would be so fucked <laughs> but I'm really glad yeah. there's like medication think, and stuff now right right yeah and like I feel like the hardest thing is like it depends on where you have your outbreak yeah. because like sometimes if you have it like where you're like when you're peeing if it hits the outbreak oh, it like fuck. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a brutal one bloody hell yeah but Can now get... I've had it herpes for a while so I don't really get outbreaks anymore anyways Okay. Is that because of the medication or just because you've found a way to no, keep your immune so, system quiet? So the longer I don't I used to take all these like supplements and stuff for it, but I don't really do anything anymore. But um the longer you have herpes, the less outbreaks you're gonna get. So like the oh, first six I months that I had it, I got like yeah. So like you sh you'll shed less, you'll get less outbreaks, usually, usually for the most part, most people. Okay um so now like when I first got it like the first six months I had like back-to-back -back outbreaks 
now I have like maybe one or two a year. And if I get one, it's like maybe I'll get a sore. Amazing. Maybe That's not. Yeah. So good good yeah. to know because like mm-hmm. a lot of people I think would be like freaking the fuck out. They're going to have like outbreaks all the time and like never going to be that's able another to like, have sex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's another yeah. myth where people like people think that like you're always going to have an outbreak and that it's going to be like your whole vulva or dick is going to just like be like covered in sores. And it's like not what you see in textbooks to like scare you. Like literally like some people will get outbreaks and not even know because it will look like a paper cut or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like not- I'm thinking about, like, my sex education in school and, like, I remember learning about genital herpes and, like, freaking the fuck out. Like, fuck, like, I'm going to have sores on my, like, like pussy all the time. Like, it's never going to go away. It's just always going to be there. Like, that's literally yeah. they scared the shit out of us to, like, stop us from having sex. Fear-mongering. Like, yeah, that abstinence exactly. bullshit. And it's... It's it doesn't so work. fucked. No, it doesn't. It does the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. then also yeah. like, there's so much fear that then we're not talking about it, and then it's just adding to the stigma, and then all this shit, and it makes me so angry. And I really hope that they're they're teaching it in a different way now in schools because like that really needs to change. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that's why a lot of people don't get tested too because we have this fear instilled in us that like if we have an STI, like we're disgusting and dirty. Yeah, when it's just like literally like if you're sexually active, like you're probably going to get an STI at some point. Like, it's just, it is, yeah. is what it is. Like same with, with HPV, like everyone's going to get HPV at some point. Yeah, it just is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I've had chlamydia like three times. I had chlamydia like twice, one after the other. Like it was I fucked. Can't. And then yeah. I got like fucking um, pelvic inflammatory fucking disease from it. Oh, no. <laughs> like so fucked. And I'm just like, yes, <laughs> that's it. <funny>. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fun. Like it hurt, but you know. <laughs> No, yeah, does not one. But yeah, yeah, but like it's we normal. need to talk like, that's about what's it more. Happen. Yeah. yeah, like just if you have chlamydia, just be like, tell your friends about chlamydia. You know, talk about it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like it's I hard. Treated. Yeah, just like do it. Like, I think the more vulnerable we are, and the more we just open up space for these things, and more people are going to talk about, it. it's just going to become like common conversation. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you mm-hmm. earlier as well. Like you said that you told your, like you disclosed to your family that you have herpes, like when you first found out, or like around that time. Was that like mm-hmm. your like um like your parents and like your kind of like older family members or was it just more like, you know? Yeah, so I'm I'm the youngest of five, okay. and um so I was like bawling my eyes out. My mom happened to be calling me, and I'm like, all right, well I'm just gonna tell her because I'm just like yeah. sitting here crying. Um, that's what like yeah. The only time I feel like I call my mom now is when I'm like bawling my eyes out. So like she always like, <laughs> knows and answering the phone. Um, but yeah, I like was like, oh my god, like I have something bad to tell you, and she goes are you pregnant? <laughs> and I was like, no. Um, and then I was like, I have herpes. And then she starts like naming off all these people that who she knows that has it. And I'm like, mom, you can't be like outing people. Oh yeah, out true. Here. That's a bit fun. But it was helpful. Yeah. yeah. I was like, stop doing that. But it, it was helpful to hear. It's like, Trisha, it's not a big deal. Um, and my, and then I was like, okay, but I was like, don't tell dad. And she was like, well, he's standing right next to me. So like, he oh, already fuck. knows. <laughs> um, and then I told like, all of my siblings except for my oldest sibling because he's the most like he I think I was like scared of him more than my dad he's like the most yeah. like I'm your big brother I don't know um yeah. but then I like made some sort of comment he's like Trisha like I've literally known I was like in the room when like you told mom on oh my god everyone was, was like, just okay. there there's and all like, I mean, fucking hell. yeah there's like no hiding in my it with my family just it's what it is. yeah relatable <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, that's so um, cool but they were, that they weren't judgmental. Like that. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Like I just, that's um, I'm at my, yeah, that's like, honestly, <laughs> I feel like super rare. I feel like so many, like, I don't know how old your parents are, but my parents are boomers and I feel like they. Mine are too. Just, yeah. I feel like they, like most of them surely would just be like, you wouldn't talk about that or like, but like, that's so epic that your parents yeah. were like so understanding. Yeah. No, they're really chill. They're like, it's funny because like they both grew up Catholic. So you would think they would be yeah, like okay. weird. and they're kind of religious I guess but like yeah in terms of like sex stuff they seem a little bit more open-minded okay not to the but- level that I am like I definitely like <laughs> scare them with stuff now with what I'm doing but like yeah. they're like learning to love it <laughs> they're like kind of like the good religious kind yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure, they are out sure. there <laughs> yeah far and few but yeah <laughs> oh that's so cool um all right are there any other myths that you want to share or should we move on 
I think those are probably good. I, I'll I'll mention them if I think of them. Yeah, but... if one pops into your head yeah. at any other time, just like blurt yeah. it out. We we yeah. love like chaotic tangents on this podcast. I'm yeah. like the most chaotic tangent. That's my life. Person, yeah, literally. Um. Okay. So the next question is why do you think there is so much stigma around herpes? I mean, we've kind of chatted about this a little bit already. And how do you think we can help destigmatize it, which we've already chatted about, but if there's anything else that you want to add sort of on that. Yeah, I feel like just reiterating, like going back to like destigmatizing it, I think the more people talk about it, the easier it's going to be for everyone because it is so common and just no one wants to talk about it. But like it, once people are educated about the topic, they're like, oh, that's all it is. Like, it's we just had awful sex ed growing up like it's no one's fault that like we just were like yeah taught to fear it and to like say no to people like me um but that's just not the reality and like who's gonna say no to me um no just kidding (laughs) I've definitely been rejected but like (laughs) once 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 people are educated that's you know that's kind of it and if Mm -hmm. I just feel like you don't have to be a herpes advocate and like out yourself on the internet to like help destigmatize obviously that's what I did and that's what works for me and like a lot of people do that and that's great but it can even just be like disclosing to a potential partner regardless of whether they are down to still hook up with you or not like you still educated them and now you planted the seed and like they're going to get disclosed to again at some point and they're probably going to be like oh I fucked up by rejecting this person because like Mm -hmm. I did my research or like whatnot. A lot of people have it. Um, so yeah, I think just like talk, keep talking about it, keep educating people. Um, and it's sad because like in, in the U S only 17 states out of 50 states are required to teach medically accurate sex education. <laughs> Other states, whatever 50 minus 17 is, um, don't, they don't have to provide factual medical info they can say whatever the fuck they want um which go- is usually just like religious fear-based what is wrong with your country <laughs> a lot no I actually was having a, a conversation with my co-workers oh. today like we were just listing off like the gun violence stuff the oh. trans bills the yeah. drag bans the reproductive health like it's a hot mess over here. Dude, and all the shit from there is spilling over into Australia now as well. Like, all this right It's, like, really bullshit. scary. It's oh. really scary. And, like, the more I do... I, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir on my page a lot of the time. But, like, when I, like, deep dive into, like... I don't know. I'll be on Twitter and start reading some Twitter beef. And, like, seeing what people say that's so ignorant and hateful, it's, like, okay, the work that I'm doing is actually really important. Because I, I don't... Yep. You don't, I don't think of it because I'm just like, oh, I'm just like saying how I feel. I just kind of assume a lot of people just feel the same way I do. And that's not the case. So mm-hmm. we've got to be out here still doing all this, all of this work. Yeah. And we're in Sad. such an echo chamber as well, really. Yeah. On, on, yeah. In our little social media bubbles with all our little sex positive creators. Yeah. And I'm like being I in forget, my little bubble. Me too. I hate being outside. Yeah. And like sometimes I'll like scary. kind of like um go on like, uh, videos like with you know they're talking about like the women's right movement or something and then like people will be saying all this transphobic shit and I'm like all right I'm fucking mm, put my like armor on I'm like I'm fucking going in bitch (laughs) and I'm like not in my echo chamber anymore like I don't feel safe but I'm gonna do it anyway because slay and I fucking someone has to do it or like all these little Mm -hmm. fucking troll cunts are gonna go around saying all this shit and I just cannot sit here and like yeah the internet's scary (laughs) It's scary. It's really scary. And like, I get a lot of hate on my page. Honestly, more hate on TikTok than on really? Instagram. I think because yeah. TikTok, it like pushes your content to like everyone. Yeah. Whereas like Instagram usually just who, like who follows you. Yeah. But e- either so, like on, on all social media, I've gotten a lot of hate and it's just like, I just block them now, honestly, also because I've actually had my page deleted um, on Instagram last year. It was like devastating. I got I it back. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I am actually really scared to respond to like a lot of hateful stuff because I just, I just like they're gonna like, I don't know, like report me or something. So I just like, I just ignore it, which is honestly better because like I don't think I should be giving these people energy anyway. No, no way. Um, So yeah, if there's like hate on my page and I don't respond to it, it's because I'm fucking scared that they're gonna report me. Um, or I'll just delete it or block them, just kind of depending on. (laughs) 
what I feel is best. Blocking yeah. is always a good option, I feel. Just get yeah, them the always. Fuck. Get that energy get away. Out of there. Yeah, Nasty. they don't need to be there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry you've copped a lot of hate. Like, I feel like I just haven't really seen that because like I I look at your page and I'm like you know it lifts me up I'm like this is so slay and then I'm just like how could people hate on this shit like I just don't <laughs> people love to shit on people I don't know really like do. what's up with that <laughs> nothing better to do I don't know they're just jealous that we're hotter than them yeah we're really hot and slutty okay yeah. so um when you have a new sexual partner like how do you go about disclosing your herpes status and what advice would you give to other people living with herpes so my I always say this like I just like this is just the easiest way to go about it for me I mean other people might feel differently there's no right or wrong way to disclose. It's whatever's comfortable for you as long as you're doing it before you have sex. Like, it doesn't matter. You can do it through text. You can do it in person. Whatever, like, you're comfortable with. I would just do it when you're comfortable with that person. Yeah. Um. I always ask, like, I'll always start and be like, ooh, like, we're about to have sex. Like, sex on the table. Like, blah, blah, blah. Then I'll just be like, okay, like, when were you last tested? Um. So it puts, like, the pressure on them a little bit. Um, and it's also going to be like, it's important. Like it's not really a disclosure. It's just an open conversation about sexual health. It's yeah. not a confession. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're also, it, their health is also important. Um, just cause I have an STI doesn't mean like, it's like a free for all for like, I can just, you know, um, and it's also going to be telling, like if they haven't been tested recently, then like, I'm not like, I just did a support call before this. And, um, I was like telling the, the woman like, oh yeah, like, if they say they haven't been tested recently, like you can say no. And she was like, oh my God, yeah. She was like, if he said he hasn't been tested recently, she was like, I'm just gonna be like, we can make out, but you have to get tested. Um, and I was like, yeah, exactly. Um, and then after that, like after I hear what they say, then I'll be like, okay, cool. Like I was tested this time. I'm negative for everything. Um, I do have HSV2 or I'll be like, or I have herpes. Um, like, do you like know what that is? And if usually people are like, I don't really know. <laughs> I'll just feel like, okay, I get cold sores in a different location. Um, so it kind of puts it one into perspective that like cold sores are herpes and also that it's like, mm. you know, cold sores are extremely common. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing. Yes. And then, then I'll be like, okay, I have it generally. Like, do you have any yeah. questions? Mm-hmm. And I just leave it open for discussion. Um, advice wise, just like be super confident about it. Like, I know it's probably hard at the be like when you first start disclosing, it's kind of scary and like, it's okay if you cry because I feel like it is like an emotional, vulnerable thing to talk about. Um, but just being confident about it is going to be really helpful because people pick up on energy. And if you're like really confident about it, like you know what you're talking about, like people are going to be like, oh, okay, like she knows her shit. Um, like I had someone disclose to me before I got herpes and they were like kind of made it seem like it was scary. So I rejected them because I like didn't know much right. about it. Yep, and they yep. were just like, yeah, yikes, I have herpes. Like, e. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that wasn't the way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. If you're like, oh, I had this super common thing. I, most people actually have it. You probably don't even know your status. Like, it's yeah. not on the STI panel. Um, but I also recommend keeping it like short and sweet. Like, I just feel like if you give like a whole big backstory and like long explanation, it can feel like you're trying to convince people mm-hmm. that because there's something wrong with it. Like, no, just keep it short and sweet. If they have any questions, like, just have an open conversation. And yeah. don't apologize. Don't apologize. Nothing to apologize for. Yeah, just be assertive as fuck. I love that. And also mm-hmm. maybe just like practicing with like a friend or someone you feel comfortable with before. Yeah. yeah. So that you having just a script is good. Yeah. Yeah. And just getting the verbiage down. Like when I first got it, I would just go on dating apps um and just like practice disclosing in like different ways. Um and I was pleasantly surprised with people who were just like, Oh, like that's really hot that you disclose, like your honesty is hot, or just like mm-hmm. I have it too, or like cool, tell me more about it. Like it was very rare that someone was like ill gross. No one said ill gross to me. It was very rare that like someone just like unmatched me. Mm-hmm. And even if they do that, like red flag, you don't want to fucking be with them anyway. Fuck that person. It it really it, it herpes like is great for weeding people out because it's like I want to be with someone who's like open-minded and down to learn and like Mm -hmm. even if they do have like some reservations about it like as long as they're like willing to be like okay let's learn and like talk about this yeah green flag but if they're just like ew gross and it's like cool you told them yourself I don't want to date you anyways (laughs) yeah okay Mm -hmm. awesome so just to wrap up I guess the most important thing is to like that I that I got from that was like to really like know your body and like intuitively Mm -hmm. like feel like am I in the um was it the prodrome 
prodrome yeah prodrome like migraine like prodrome mm-hmm. yeah um yeah yeah, yeah exactly. okay so just like really kind of know like like you said like the nerve pain in the leg are there any other like like I guess random I didn't even know that was a herpes symptom are there any other yeah, things like that everyone's, that people everyone's yeah everyone's symptoms are gonna be different I, I get like this really weird stomach ache like it's a different type of stomach ache than I've ever had so I kind of okay. also know that yeah some people will get like swollen lymph nodes in their groin um maybe they're super fatigued maybe they'll get a headache mm-hmm. so again I, I also recommend like writing down like a journal when you first get herpes just kind of be like all right like how are you feeling what does your body feel like what did you eat like all this kind of stuff so that you can kind of keep an eye and then if you are getting frequent outbreaks then you can kind of put pieces together of like what your triggers yeah. might be what like what those symptoms even are um because it's going to be different for everyone um of what your prodrome symptoms look like yeah and then as soon as you kind of feel those like when you get a hang of like what symptoms you're getting like stop like kind of any sexual activity in the genital yeah, area exactly. Exactly. I was also yeah, having another like, question. Sorry, go. <laughs> no, 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 you go, you go. Um, yeah, no, you're can fine. you get like, uh, I, I'm assuming that you can like in your like, like around your asshole and stuff, you can, right? Like genital herpes? Like in your like. You get, oh, yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had some outbreaks around my butt. Yeah, so, I thought you so could, yeah. Herpes, yeah. It, usually you'll get outbreaks in the same spot, mm-hmm. but it can move around just because. So it's a virus of the nervous system. So when you have genital herpes, it lives in the sacral ganglia, which is like lower back region, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when you have an outbreak, it, the nerves that it, that's connected to are all around the, the genital region. So it can flare up like around the vulva, butthole, like upper thigh area. Um, most of the time you'll get an outbreak in the same spot, but mine have moved around. So Ooh, spicy. You never know. Yeah, we yeah, love to yeah. see it. Yeah, <laughs> a little fine. surprise. Hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for herpes. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, I always like to leave off like any podcast I do is that if you have herpes, you can still be a hoe. And on that note, my loves, I remind you once again that all of the links to all the ways you can work with me are in the show notes. I will also pop all the links to Safe Sluts, socials, etc. in the show notes. Don't forget to jump on the Blood Magic waitlist. The link is in the show notes. And also grab your free ticket to my free online workshop cock and pussy worship tell your friends share it on your socials you might have to bring a friend along with you if you're gonna like sit in the same zoom room with your friend um make sure that you both grab a ticket just so i know how many people are coming and are gonna be there um yeah i'm super pumped this is my first online event that i'm hosting and i just couldn't be more excited so make sure you get a ticket bye see you next week